welcome, welcome back to the regular exclusive podcast. We're back. It's December. Are you doing a Santa impression? Kinda. <laughs> okay, you know. I wasn't sure if there was welcome a ho. instead of ho. But... Yeah, I was wondering if there's supposed to be a ho 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 in there. Uh, it, I'm, I'm workshopping it. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but it feels good to be back, nice and full after some Thanksgiving food. Ready to talk about movies? Yeah, I'm. I've. I'm ready. It's been a nice little break from work, and of course, that means I've been able to watch a shit ton of movies. So. <laughs> You know, I'm ready. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try and keep things a little brief here because we want to get right into into Nope. Because I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving for sure. Every time you watch it, I'm gonna turn it on again right <laughs> after this. <laughs> but uh, thought we could spend a second here. You know, with December, there's a lot of movies that you know are kind of tied into this. What like three movies do you think you're going to be watching this month that are, you know, the December holiday Christmas theme? I already know probably a lot of them are horror for you, but yeah, well, you act like I haven't even watched these yet. Like I'm already <laughs> watching these like I, it's it's not even quite December yet, but I'm just I'm on it. You know, um, I would say my number one is going to be Krampus. Because I think that's just my new favorite Christmas movie. It's actually got a good Christmas message, but it's fucking horrifying and it's hilarious. So <laughs> highly recommend if you guys haven't seen that. Have you seen it? Nope. Oh, it's PG-13. So it's like kid friendly, but it's like it, they get away with a lot. <laughs> the the only on screen Krampus I've ever seen is Dwight in the office. Yeah. And he's not even fully like Krampus he's like Belschnickel some other, <laughs> yeah, like Belschnickel. German thing That's yeah right. which I'm pretty sure Krampus is also German because they're always like the German villains are always like that's just the thing <laughs> so Krampus though is a really funny horror comedy and I'll be damned if it's not just the best holiday movie ever um my second favorite this goes back to when I was a kid and I still I just can't get enough of it is uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. That's my favorite wow. version of a Christmas Carol. And just the one it's Michael Caine. And he acts as if he's not surrounded by a bunch of fucking Muppets. <laughs> he acts like he's like doing Shakespeare with like really awesome actors, which I mean, the Muppets to me were that. So <laughs> I was just, you know, I loved it as a kid. It's a great movie. God, based off those two picks, I have no clue where this third movie's going to go. <laughs> I mean, talk about a spectrum. <laughs> and the fact that you were like, I think we'll probably have some like overlap. I'm like, I really don't think we will. <laughs> um, and definitely not with my third pick, which is one that I had I had not seen for a long time, but I saw it last year. And it's called Black Christmas. And it's the original from 1970. Fuck. I don't know. Somewhere back then. <laughs> 1975. <laughs> 1970 fuck something. And it's like a serial killer targeting sorority girls on Christmas. And it's like the best slasher movie of all time. I think after watching it, I was like, this is even better than the original Halloween. I love oh. it. It's really good. They do a lot of really cool shit and the killer's actually freaky and weird as fuck. He does a lot of the calls where he's like doing these weird voices and shit. It's pretty fucked up, but uh, <laughs> it's a great Christmas movie. It's a really fun one. Didn't that one get a, a remake in like the 2010s or something? Two remakes so far. 2006, which I've heard is like, I mean, I saw that one. It's kind of like the original, but it's just like shittier. 
And then the newest one was in 2019 and they tried to change the whole thing and everyone just hates it. I won't even watch <laughs> it because everyone just talks about how much how garbage it is. Um, but the original is just like the best. I don't know why you'd ever try and remake it. Like it still works and it's just a classic now. So yeah, yeah. I like a little horror with my Christmas. I think this time of year is really stressful. It's like <laughs> it goes by so quick and it's just a lot. So I need to decompress. Like if, if we're going traditional, I'll throw in the Grinch, but that still has a little <laughs> creepy factor into it. You know, are, are you talking about the original like animated Grinch? I'll watch that, but my favorite is Jim Carrey, obviously. He's... Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that's the perfect transition into my movies. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I'll give you one that's like normal, a normal answer that you're looking for here, <laughs> and I'll give you The Grinch <laughs> because that's great. Yeah, the, the Jim Carrey Grinch is a must watch. It's just, everything is perfect. It's, it, it's it so is. Funny. It's so funny. And it's still like he's just so great as a physical performer. I just watched his Christmas Carol one, too. And I'm like, it's not as good. I just yeah. want I just want funny Jim Carrey. Yeah, just give me unhinged Jim Carrey. That's that's what we need. And I feel like every year I relate to the Grinch more and more. Oh, yeah. like every year that I get older, you know, I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, I also don't want to go out and do anything with anybody. Ugh, don't bother <laughs> me. Don't come to the door. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, then uh, my second movie would um, it's it's one of the newer ones, but I, I love it so much. Uh, the night before. Yep. Uh, it's it's just great. And it's also one of those movies that like I would never imagine that trio of Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie and Joseph Gordon-Levitt just being awesome together. And they're they're so great. <laughs> It's so true. That's a good point. And I think like Michael Shannon in that movie is like, he's like the ghost of all the different Christmases and he's like the weed dealer. That's he's my favorite. Oh, so good. So good. And then the last one is just it's a personal favorite. Uh, Jingle all the way. It's got everything. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger be, being a dad. I, I guess trying to be a dad. I don't know. It's kind of weird. He's not a very good dad in that movie, but no. uh, it's great. Sinbad, another unlikely pairing that just own everything. It's wonderful. And, um, and then it's, and then he's also a superhero for a short period of time. So it's got all the stuff. I love yeah, it. I do love that movie. It is a really good one. I just always have a problem at the end when like, he's dressed as the superhero and he's like with the kid and his kid doesn't realize it's his dad. It's like, okay. But like your dad is Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Like that's a pretty recognizable dude. It's like that accent alone. You yeah, know. The accent. I mean, the build. I mean, just everything about him. He's just very singular. He's a very singular person. There's not a lot of people that are like, hey, that guy looks and acts and sounds just like fucking Schwarzenegger. Not even his kids. <laughs> so that oh part always God. gets me. But I do think that's also uh, that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, nothing too sappy, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the like, there's there's plenty of the sappy movies, and those are those are fine. But you know, I don't, don't want to be crying at Christmas, even if it's a good cry. Exactly. Give me, a good, give me a good laugh. I agree, and that's. I do also think we should just do a special shout out for Elf. Oh, but yes, yeah. But I was really mad at HBO Max because when I like went on there yesterday to look at their holiday movies, it said. Can you believe it's been almost 20 years since Buddy the Elf came to New York or whatever? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? 
shut up. Why would you tell me that? I don't want to hear that. That makes me so angry. Well, I just saw a thing recently that like last week was the 30th anniversary of Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. I know it's happening. I hate it. Stop announcing these things. This is like making it like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> and like I was like, oh, my God. I told that to Nolan and he's like, well, how do you think that makes Will Ferrell feel? I'm like, I don't care. Probably old, but like, fuck. He's, I'm talking he's about a me. millionaire. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> he's still fucking making movies. He's fine. What about my feelings? He cares more about Will Ferrell's feelings than mine. <laughs> That's the moral of Christmas. <laughs> Shout out to Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, we do love him, though. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a little break and get into Nope, because we're ready. Nope. So we have we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Nope. What's a bad miracle? They got work for that. Yeah, no, no, no. All right. Buckle in everyone. Renee might make this a four hour long podcast. I'm gonna try and mute myself as often as possible. <laughs> because I just I, I'm going to shut. I'm going to start right now. Go ahead, Jace. Okay. I'm excited. We're going to start with a little non-spoiler stuff since this movie just came to streaming. So hopefully if you hadn't seen it, you're watching it. And then we'll get into the spoilers. But to start off, I really liked this movie the first time I saw it. And then I loved it after re-watching it. Like the second viewing was so much better than the first time. And I think it's mainly because so much stuff is happening in this movie that there there's like a whole there's like a whole other movie of just things I missed in the first watch. Yeah, that you don't know to look for and that later you catch. And they're all like little they're just every little detail that is in this movie really just makes you go, "Wow, what a genius." Like all these things are just they're like like fucking Stanley Kubrick. I always know. Kubrick? I don't fucking know how to say it. Kubrick. But it's like, you know, people go over like details in his shit and say that like, oh, he faked the moon landing. Like that just feels like crazy. But I feel like with, with Jordan Peele, I'm like, I'm doing the same shit. <laughs> it's like the more, I mean, I've watched this way more than twice, but every time I watch it, I notice something new and different and just like, incredible it, again this movie is my favorite movie of all time now <laughs> jaws was but now this yeah so i remember you telling me that this movie was jaws in the sky yeah basically with a little bit of a little hint of signs thrown in but i would say mostly for me that's what it feels like yeah and i, I think that's a really very fair description of the movie because like this movie is so complex that like that's the simplest way to kind of put it like yeah and in the same way that jaws is a movie that's not really about the shark mm-hmm. this is a movie that's not really about the creature and like the first time around i was like oh this is a movie about you know a creature in the sky we can't really call it an alien because they never really specify if it's an alien but I think we can safely assume it's an alien, but yeah, we don't know. I mean, we know that people who claim to have seen like fucking UFOs probably just saw that in this universe, right? Yeah. And it's, it's great. But yeah, like the second time watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is a movie about arrogance Mm -hmm. and 
the consequence of of you thinking you know everything or understand everything exactly and i did not like that was the second time viewing and i'm like well this movie has a lot of stuff going on Mm -hmm. that's why it was so enjoyable the second time around i'm glad that we're doing this after my second time watching it not the first time oh i'm i figured if we were gonna do it like at all that you would have to rewatch it just because one viewing i think we can both agree it's just not enough you're not gonna that's why i think people are split on the movie honestly Mm -hmm. is they're like huh like i don't know how to take all of that and put it in and like figure out what the fuck was happening because (laughs) i know like everyone always says get out is perfect but i think it's also like i think personally nope is his masterpiece i think you're crazy if you don't get that but get out is a little bit more clear and like here's what I'm trying to say. And here's the metaphor we're making. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus like, Nope has a lot of different things, but like they all go together, but it's just, it's kind of not spelled out for you. A lot of it you have to kind of put together, but it helps. Like, I feel like the second watch, everything kind of clicks. Yeah. Well, and especially when I watched it the first time I went into it expecting get out or at least some similarities. And Really, the only similarity is Daniel Kalu- Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, am I saying that wrong? Kaluuya. Kaluuya. I love him. He's he's so good. So like the whole the whole first watch, I was I was I, I had get out in the back of my head, and so I was just kind of thinking of that. And so then the second time around, when I kind of knew everything, I was able to watch it just with with its own expectation of it as a movie, not another one. And they are very different movies not even really good at comparing because they're like what they're saying is so different and yeah it's so good it's so interesting so like if you if you the listener have not seen it don't go into it thinking get out like get out is scarier i don't know i think nope is scarier for me but that's because aliens are one of my no nos. I do not like aliens. They freak me the fuck out. Like I remember when I first saw signs and I like almost had a heart attack. <laughs> that shit was so terrifying. So if you don't like aliens, I would say this movie is very scary. And even if we don't get confirmation about aliens in this movie, still freaky. I think it's scarier than Get Out. I think Get Out is definitely scary, but in a different way. More yeah. realistic. This one's more like supernatural scary that I'm like, oh fuck. But not mm-hmm. too supernatural. Like, it still feels very grounded. Yeah. And I, I think also one thing that I took from Get Out is I think Get Out is paced a little bit quicker. This movie's it's it's longer. It, it There's just a lot of drawn out moments. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think just ex- expecting the quickness of Get Out. Yeah. And so when I didn't have that, I was able to really just get immersed into this movie it's a crazy immersive movie it's extremely immersive i cannot recommend like any more strongly like or any more strongly like please watch this on the biggest screen available this is an experience this is a fucking (laughs) spectacle that's what he said and that's what the movie is all about and he fucking wanted to make a spectacle and jordan peele he fucking did it man this movie (laughs) i just felt like in the theater i felt everything i was very into it it felt a lot of it, like the way that you are like in those scenarios with those characters, you you kind of feel like you're there in that location with them. And it felt very much like the back half of Jaws. Like you feel like you're on the ocean with those guys when they're mm-hmm. hunting the shark. And it's like it's all filmed on location. Like it looks great. 
same with this movie. You just feel like you're fucking at that ranch with them the whole time. And it's like, it was very like immersive. I recommend seeing it as large of a screen as possible. Well, especially for the the climax at the end. Yes. Biggest screen possible for that. Yeah, <laughs> as always. But yeah, don't fuck with your, like if your expectations are crazy out of whack, in general, you're going to hate every movie that you see. So just... <laughs> I also wasn't expecting what this movie is, but like Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. And I fucking love now. This is my favorite movie of all time. So just saying, like, if you just go in with open mind and say, like, you know, Jordan Peele hasn't done this before, but what the fuck? Why not? Just go along for the ride. Go watch it. We're going to talk spoilers now. We're going to do it now. Spoiler warning. Let's go, boy. Yeah. All right. Spoiler talk. All right, so the way that we are going to frame this conversation is kind of the the way the movie is set up. The movie is broken up by the different horses' names or monkeys' names or aliens' names. So each of those sections are doing a lot of things. So we're going to kind of break up our conversation by that. Agreed? Does that sound fair? I'll tolerate it. <laughs> For now. I'm just kidding. That sounds perfect, Jace. Got to give you some rails to to rein you in. I love it. I want you to tell me because I feel like I have so many thoughts about this movie. I'm going to need it. So thank you. <laughs> I'll let you lead. All right. Well, let's just start with the title card, which is the quick little, I don't know, 60 seconds of, of Gordy on a massacred movie set. Don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to say um, this, I think, is the most jarring opening I've ever experienced in a movie. Like I came in with the trailer information. I'm like, all right, there's aliens in this. And it just opens with a monkey covered in blood. I I thought the first time watching it, it was like a, an animation for like the production company. Like that was their logo. Yeah. Monkey Paw Productions. It goes right from that. And you're hearing the monkey noises and you're like, is this still part? Because some of those like some <laughs> yeah. of those fucking like production company logos, animations, they get like there's that whole fucking family guy skit about it where he's like, oh, the movie's starting. And he's like, oh, oh, no. And he's like, oh, we're in we're in the desert. And he's like, oh, no, that's another production company. But like <laughs> They're so convincing that they look like a fucking like scene from a movie. And I'm like, they do. So I couldn't tell for a while. And also like this movie from the trailers, total misleading. Obviously, I mean, it's it's a little bit misleading, but yeah, you're thinking aliens flying saucer shit. Yeah. And it opens with, yeah, like a fucking monkey <laughs> trashing a set on a TV show from like the 90s. Yeah. And it's like covered in blood. And I think it's really jarring. But then it's like he manages to like horrify you. And like, like the very last scene when the monkey like looks directly at the camera. That is terrifying looks directly at your soul like through your soul it was like a really upsetting seeing that <laughs> there's very few times where like i watch something and i just like get the chills yeah total chills moment when the monkey looked at me i'm like i'm gonna die right now yeah that monkey's coming through the screen like fucking the <laughs> chick from the ring i was ready to like book it that thing was horrifying and it's like covered in blood and it's just so great because it also does 
like have a fucking quote from the Bible as well at the beginning about mm-hmm. I will make a spectacle of you. So, I mean, come on, people. It's it's all about spectacle. I think we can all agree on that yeah. from the beginning. But yes, extremely jarring. And you're yeah. like, huh, like that's all we get. We don't know who's involved. We don't know how the fuck this. And then we cut to ghost ghost. That's the first title card. Yeah. So it goes from nope. And then we get the ghost segment. And so for me, this segment is really just establishing all of the characters, all of the relationships, and just a little bit about like what is going on in this world. And so yeah, like we we get the scene of 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 the dad dying randomly and Keith David. I was like shocked to see him go so quick. Yeah. But I saw him, I was just like, oh, I didn't even realize he was in this movie, but like he must be in it for a while. Nope. <laughs> nope. This there's a lot of nopes in this movie that are great. And so, yeah, like he dies in this really bizarre way. And then his son takes over and like the whole scene of them going to the hospital. Well, I was going to say the the movie set. Oh, the movie set. Sorry. And like that's where we really start getting the first like tones of the whole animal thing. The horse wranglers. Yeah. Also, incredible decision to name the main character OJ. Yeah. Obviously, it was on purpose. There was like little quotes in there, like throughout the movie when she's like, OJ, he's on the run. He's going. He's doing it. And it's like those are literally direct quotes from the OJ, like when everyone was watching the OJ chase, what they were saying on TV. So it's like they're doing that shit on purpose. It also feeds into like the we love a fucking spectacle. Yeah. Well, and then also like their reaction to his name being OJ. And it's like, he yes, he he shares the name i guess but like that doesn't mean that he is oj or like is a killer like you shouldn't be scared of him because his name is oj <laughs> like yeah but you know what people are fucked up <laughs> yeah but yeah then there's like that whole scene where like he is trying to tell people like horse needs a break you know uh we're not ready to do this don't look him in the eyes hey don't do that don't do the loud noises like all that stuff. And like all of that is going to tie in through the rest of the movie. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you don't notice that. You think like the horses, like the horses have a very specific purpose throughout the movie as a like a plot device. But yeah. you don't realize that they also like the nature of the horses and like his relationship with horses becomes so important. Mm-hmm. I do love that whole part. And I think my favorite is like when one of the guys from the set, he's like, can you tell the horse that we're just going to do one and then he can take a break? It's like, yeah, okay, let me tell him that. <laughs> Nobody has respect for animals. And that's another big part of this movie is respecting nature. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, the first time I saw this, I did not pick up on the ongoing theme of like arrogance and like mm-hmm. people knowing they know better than other people. And like, you have this guy who trains horses, knows everything about horses, but you don't listen to him. Then when the horse freaks out because of the stuff that you were told not to do and then kicks the thing, they're like, oh, it's a problem. It's a broken horse. You're out of here. And it's like, maybe you should have just respected the person that told you the things to do, especially when Kiki Palmer is introduced and like she gives the great, let's have a good time. (laughs) She's so great. That's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pitchers could move, 
we had skin in the game. I'm obsessed with her. I've always loved her in everything. I think she's like maybe one of the most charismatic people in the entire world. I thought like it was so funny how different her and OJ are, the energy. And I was like, how is this going to work? But it works fucking perfectly. Yeah, they're, they nailed it. Well, and then we then we meet Jupe. Oh, boy. Another thing I totally just like didn't pick up on the first time I watched it. It was just, like he had been buying the horses. And then when um, when OJ is like, hey, can we talk about a plan for us to buy the horses back? Like he's like nervously like, oh, yeah. And because he's been feeding the horses. He doesn't have them. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd never noticed that. So like the second time around, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a fun detail. He also in that same scene, he says, um, yeah, feel free to look around. Su casa es mi casa, which means your house is my house. And normally you say mi casa es su casa, which is my mm. house is your house. But he switches it because he's also trying to buy their house. It's like it's all little things like that. That the this is why people you need to rewatch it if you're still unsure about this movie. <laughs> Go back rewatch it. You're gonna love it. Yeah, and his character Stephen Yoon is great. Yeah, Stephen Yoon. He he's the character on my rewatch that I loved way more than I did initially. The first time I watched it, he was that storyline because there's so much going on with it. That storyline to me seemed like feel like this could have been cut out but then on the rewatch i'm like oh this is so important to everything that they're doing in this the movie actually started with that whole sequence with gordy the gordy sequence that i mean i know that's literally like the opening of the movie but like he started by like that was the first thing he created and and that was like i think the first thing that they shot oh wow which is insane. But yeah, I think because he's associated with the Gordy monkey story storyline, people are kind of like, I don't get why Jupe's like such a big character for the first half. You know, they're like, yeah. it doesn't, he, he's kind of a big question mark, but I think he plays the role perfectly. And when you like rewatch it, it just really hits different. Yeah. Yeah. It's legendary. Legendary shit. So we've now met all of the characters. We have the relationships established. Then we get into Clover. Almost all the characters. We haven't we haven't met Angel yet. Uh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned my yeah. favorite, my, one of my faves. We're we're about to meet Angel. Angel baby, <laughs> five stars, Angel. So so yeah. So Clover, the the next section. To me, this is really the, this is now setting the stage for the alien. Also, this is the thriller part of the movie. Like signs a bit more at this part or like early on when the shark's attacking in Jaws. Yeah. So this, this is where, you know, he, he sees the alien and then, then he talks to Angel. But I mean, what a brilliant like use of the alien and just like seeing it barely for a second. And just like, you see it for a second. Like if you're watching this movie and looking at your phone, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. (laughs) You're muted. I was taking a drink. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just don't want to gulp into the mic, but what I was going to say is (laughs) that whole sequence. Like, I just feel like there's so many great little shots of it moving between clouds, like very quickly. And the way that the camera moves with it, it's like, it feels so real. Cause it's like, how could it not be there? Fun fact as well. All of the nighttime scenes were shot during the daytime. 
Mm. Yeah. Really? Yep. Pretty fucking cool, right? They did that because it didn't matter because they were going to be digitally replacing the sky to like for the special effects with the creature. So they were like, fuck it. And it was just like easier to like, and then they relit it and did all this stuff. It's pretty incredible. And I think it also worked better with the IMAX cameras because it's Hoyt von Hoytma, I think is the cinematographer. And he's the one who does like all of Christopher Nolan's movies. He's the one who did this movie. Oh. And that's why it's like a first one shot like on film and like uh, IMAX. It's crazy. That that actually makes a ton of sense because when I was watching it, I was thinking, I was like, this has to be the most like beautifully lit nighttime. Yeah, they're very unique sequence ever. Like, it's like, how much money did they spend like l- having all those lights at night for this <laughs> desert? Like, holy shit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was a lot easier to shoot it during the day and then relight it. And it didn't matter because they were like replacing the whole sky. So it was just perfect. Wow, that's that's super cool. I love those little facts and that like I need to buy the Blu-ray. Apparently, if you buy that, there's a one hour making of documentary. I'm just quoting some stuff from it. But boy, am I going to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we 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 meet Angel and I they go to Fry's and, and R.I.P. Fry's is it's a great, great electronic store. But like uh, that, was, that was just a fun little thing like. Fries don't exist anymore. What alternate universe is this? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun thing. Fun little throwback. But yeah, and then they introduce the the idea of the Oprah shot, the impossible shot. And like, that's the the thing that they're trying to achieve. And this lines up really perfectly with Kiki Palmer. And like, she has all of her side hustles. Yeah. She's like trying to just, you know, get famous. And it's like she gets that shot and then instant famous. And also it's like it's true because if like if you think about the impossible shot, it is like without a doubt proof of like aliens that like couldn't have been faked that like isn't shitty footage because everything that you've ever seen in like whatever, it always is fucking shit. Yeah. You never have good good quality. And I love that like as they're trying to get their shots sometimes, like they get really shitty versions of it. They're like, that would work because that's but that's like all that we have. This is not mm-hmm. the Oprah shot. And like establishing that, you just know what they're talking about. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. And I love the introduction of Angel. Uh, yeah. Brandon Pereira is like just a real shock. He came into the movie hot and I fucking loved him. He was hilarious. First time watching it, I was like, oh, this is a fun little character. I didn't expect him to be in the, the whole movie. And I'm really glad he was. Yeah. He was so funny, though. Like he comes out to do the installation. He's like, your name was uh, Rebecca Diaz. Yeah, keep an eye out for her. She's an actress, model, you know. She booked the pilot on the CW. So, yeah, fucking love me. Yeah, fucking CW. Fucking CW. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> He's really funny. I love him for, like, comedic relief. And I think, like, him and OJ's interactions are pretty funny just because OJ just gives you, like, barely anything. And I love it. It's I do feel like if I'm still comparing it to Jaws, Angel is like Hooper. Um, he's like the the scientist guy who comes from the Oceanographic Institute, right? And he's like, he has his knowledge of how, and he does, Angel has like a little knowledge of aliens and he's into this shit. Mm-hmm. So it works. I think he's like, he's like the young hot guy who comes in with all this like knowledge, but he's also kind of like unexperienced and has no idea what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a fair parallel. 
And I would say that OJ combined with M are like Chief Brody. There are yeah. Chief Brodies of the of the thing. I'm just bringing it back. I'm gonna keep keep it going every <laughs> time we introduce new people. Yeah. So um, then the other thing that happens in Clover is one of the one of the scary scenes. The little the aliens, the little aliens in the barn. That scene, I was like, oh shit, this is signs all over again. It was exactly signs. Like they captured exactly what was. I mean, do you remember when signs came out and that scene where the alien on like the fucking like the video TV. footage of the birthday party that they're watching and the alien just walks across the screen? You were just like, oh my god, like yeah. it was so terrifying. Like I'm sure that people watch that now and go, that's not that scary, but it's like <laughs> it fucking terrified all of us. This had the same fucking energy. And how how nothing happened necessarily quick. Like the aliens move really slow. And it's just like, oh my God. And they look exactly like what you'd expect, like from fucking creepy ass aliens. And then nope. It just walks away. I do love his nope. Like, yeah. nope. Mm -mm. And then he still does try to record it because he's like, well, but it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's our fucking like need for a spectacle like going against our our survival instinct <laughs> well and then like i was expecting kind of a jump but then like you just see the the big head just slowly come out the side like it's all so slow and so it's drawn like out, really stressful this is really stressful and then he turns around and he punches the alien and then it's the kids it's the kids i love that because it's like totally like that's what you'd expect from this movie is that the ufo is a ufo ship and there's little aliens on it and they were so creepy. Those kids are the greatest actors of all time. They're jupe sons, apparently. But uh, fun fact about the little alien costumes, you can tell, like, because they have, like, alien masks, like, they're selling at jupe's, like, little carnival place. Mm -hmm. You can tell just from, like, how they look that they're, like, shaved, like, Gordy costumes. Like, he had Gordy costumes because he was, like, profiting off that whole thing. And they shaved them on the face. Oh. And like, it's an ape face, but it's, like, shaved, so it's an alien. I did not notice that. Another little detail, dude. I swear to God, I'm I'm probably not even. I'm getting like a quarter of them, but I I mean, again, I'm trying to keep it under four hours. <laughs> a tight four hours, I think, is going to be fine. <laughs> so yeah, so then we get the the scene where we we actually see the alien like do its thing. It's it's gliding around and it sucks up the horse. You know, like we get all that stuff. And then we also learn that Angel is is just watching over all their stuff when he's not supposed to be. <laughs> but yeah, like that that whole scene was was really good, and you know, especially they they realize that it's like in the clouds. When he realizes that the one cloud isn't moving. Yeah, and so then they're they're watching over the whole thing, and you know, we hear the screams earlier on, and like it's all stuff that like we had no clue what was happening. The radio at the very beginning of the movie, it says that the missing hikers, and then oh. you hear the screams over them like throughout the movie at the beginning, and you realize, oh, that's the missing hikers. They're in there dying slowly. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment because that's going to be my favorite part. <laughs> and so then the the last little piece of this part is that they they reach out to the cinematographer, Antlers Holst, and he's not interested. He's got a, a lemon tart that's ready to rock his world and watching videos of predators eating each other yeah and then they intrigue him with they're trying to get the the impossible shot according to american cinema magazine 
you make the cinematically impossible possible. Well, we're looking for the impossible shot. That's impossible. So then Clover ends. The last line is somebody says something about the a, a flying saucer or an alien ship, and then OJ is like, it doesn't move like a ship. What if it's not a ship? Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. What? That's like a huge that's like the huge twist. And then it leaves and goes back to Guardian. And you're like, what? And then that's why the Gordy thing is right there. It just is perfect. It's it really is. And like those dots to me weren't connected until the second watch. And it's like, oh, this is this is a creature. This is an animal. It's not a ship. There's not little men in there. It's like the UFO is the alien. That's just the coolest twist I've ever thought of. Because I thought, you know, it's weird that he's doing aliens. I love aliens, but it's also like it's been done so many fucking different ways and different times. It's incredible mm. that he was able to pull off something new and unexpected. Because, wow, did I did you have that in any corner of your mind when you were watching this? No, I 100% was with Angel. I'm like, this is a ship. We're going to see little, little creatures. Like, yeah. What are these little creatures going to look like? Yeah. Or even if they're like li- like big, like the fucking like xenomorphs. Like, yeah. I don't know, but it's it's not going to be good. <laughs> So, yeah, so then it, and then it cuts to Gordy. And so for me, like this whole sequence, more than like telling us more about what happened, like I think we all know what happened. It's reinforcing the themes of respecting animals, creatures, arrogance, all that stuff. It's reinforcing all that stuff and setting the stage for people or humans to make the same mistake over and over again. And that's what we see is like we see the the scene that they were shooting and then the balloon and then the loud noises it scares Gordy freaks out and that's what triggers him. And so it's like we had this situation with the horse at the beginning of the movie where they scared it and it's like this happened years before this did we not learn from this? No and the the best part is is that it shows with the scene that immediately follows that Jupe not only didn't learn from it, he might have learned. I think he did learn something from it, but he learned the wrong lessons, basically. Because yeah. as you like go through the Gordy scene, and I think earlier they like shoot back to it, where like you find out that Jupe was like the only or like the main. I think the the girl survived, but she's like you know pretty fucked up. <laughs> but he survived, and he was sitting under the table fixated on her shoe that was like standing up impossibly because weird things that like you people fixate on weird details during events Mm -hmm. not that this happens all the time but like you know in crazy traumatic events that tends to happen i think that's why that was there because people are like what about the shoe and that's why he has it on a shrine at home but it's like most people might feel like i was really lucky and like i think he does feel lucky but i think he also feels like i had a special bond with the monkey and that's why i'm alive And, like, that monkey respected and loved me. And, like, I could tame it. Basically, it wouldn't have hurt me. But I think what you're really, when you see the full sequence, you're meant to to see the real purpose is that he doesn't actually directly look it in the eye. He's, like, looking at the shoe. He's looking through the tablecloth, not Mm -hmm. directly at it. And I think because he was fixated on that, that's why the monkey didn't go crazy and even signs to him at the end. And what he signs is what happened to family. And mm. it's like so sad. And then he goes in. I think it's because he goes in for the fist bump. And then when he's about to do it. And then he gets shot. 
Yeah. And so he thinks like, wow, this monkey really liked me. He wasn't going to do it. But I think the monkey just didn't understand what was happening because it's a fucking monkey. It should never be on a set like this. This is insane that people ever did that. Yeah. Well, and they tell us in the in the early horse scene, like, don't make any sudden moves. Don't do have any loud noises. And so like the balloon pops, the monkey freaks out. Everyone else starts freaking out and running around. Yep. And so Jupe is sitting there still not looking at directly in the eye, like looking at the shoe. And then it's also, yeah, it's got the tablecloth. So he's doing all the right things. He has no idea that he's just doing the right things. He's thinking it's for other reasons that he's surviving. And that's the, the great part about it is that plus it's like that between this scene and like when you see what really happened and like that poor, like his co-star Mary Jo. I mean, that poor girl, I think we can agree is like the worst life ever. But like she gets fucked up like that thing's like eating her face. Yeah. And he's just like freaked out. Like he looks like he's traumatized. Right. But then like when he's telling the story later on and he's talking about the Chris Kattan thing, like from yeah. SNL, the sketch. And he's like, he's just killing it, which is legendary shit. And you're like, yeah, this guy fucking didn't learn a thing. This guy was like, it was cool. Like it was a cool thing that happened to me. You know, you can just tell from the way he even describes the skit and how he doesn't feel like. This is fucked up. He has this weird, creepy shrine. Like, he's obviously, I want to pitch this to you. I think he's the mayor from Jaws. I 100% agree. Yeah. He's the reason that we have the problem in the first place. Yeah. And the, the reason that we're not going to do anything about it for so long or that he is, like, sticking around and even having a fucking territory. Yeah. Like, one of the themes I took away from Jupe and the whole Gordy situation is that just because we experience something doesn't mean that we learn that we learn from it. We don't, we don't learn the lesson that we need to. Sometimes you learn the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. And so this is just like this reoccurring thing of making the same mistakes over and over again. Like people made mistakes with Gordy and then uh jupe is now making the same mistakes because arrogance, he thinks that he, Ants better than the people before him he thinks he has a connection yeah he thinks he has a connection he thinks he can tame a predator that's a big part of this movie is you cannot fucking like oj says later you cannot tame a predator you can enter into an agreement with one but you have to know the rules it's like little things like oh yeah you don't wear red around a bull like jupe has no fucking idea he thinks he's like jesus and he can just like oh yeah but also i mean he does kind of think that he's talking to like the audience is what he mm. calls the aliens. But yeah, the Gordy sequence is very like horrifying too. Cause it goes on for a while and it's like pretty upsetting, but you get it and you feel bad for the monkey. Yeah. The, 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 one of the notes I had here was just like, this whole scene is just like haunting. Yeah. Very haunting. You, you know, like it's just the, the, the mood, the vibe, like there's nothing necessarily scary that's happening, but you're just like, this is, very very upsetting like this is bad i mean if i was mary joe i think i'd be horrified and terrified i mean yeah. basically that poor girl gets her face eaten off but yes then it's great because it's like the two most like harrowing scenes come like back to back yeah so now so now we get to lucky the next segment and this is the scene this is the section where the creature is fully revealed the star lasso experience and it is my favorite scene of the entire movie why tell me why it scared the shit out of me and it's like just 
watching it on in the theaters i could not like so basically uh, before like i tell you like how why it's so important but he tries to do the same shit like he did with gordy and he causes another gordy kind of situation and he had to invite the same girl mary joe back again mm-hmm. to experience it all over again i mean it, it all connects it's pretty great but he has invited all these people to see the aliens because he's been feeding them a horse every friday and so he basically the alien gets pissed because oj and m they had given it a plastic horse as a test with like balloons hanging from it or like a streamer and so it was really pissed because like it didn't like that it got jammed in its windpipes so it comes back for the show it comes back early and it basically everyone looks up at it and they realize like it's not a ufo ship like that's a fucking mouth and it sucks up everybody from the audience now sit back stay in your seats and enjoy the star lasso experience my question to you here right really quick is when jupe is like looking up and realizing what's happening do you think he's like I couldn't tell if he was like happy or like terrified, like, oh, fuck, like he realized what, what he did wrong. I couldn't tell because it's like he he almost looks like he's like, oh, my God, I don't know. He's like amazed. I think it's it's a combination of him being awestruck, like what is going on? But then also you hear all the people screaming around him. So I also think there's like terror and realization of what he did because he i think he is seeing the bodies fly up there and then he gets sucked up because that's the cool part is that you don't see like everything they really stay in on jupe while everything's getting sucked up and that's one of the reasons that i love it is like i think this is a reason why most people might hate it is because they're like jupe is like framed as like a main character guy and nothing happens after he dies like he dies and that's it (laughs) but it's like not even that when they get sucked up then you realize that it's a creature and they get sucked up into like it's esophagus and like this woman we follow like just screaming and it's all like gooey and like i mean in the theaters i couldn't breathe that yeah. whole scene and it goes on for a minute and it was just so upsetting and like disturbing to me that it turned me on no i'm just kidding <laughs> but like you know what i mean as like a movie and a horror fan it did like i was like wow it was effective it was effective as fuck and it still gets me like it's like a word it felt like a like what we never got to see from star wars with the sarlacc pit like that's (laughs) what i would imagine right and i was always like that sounds gnarly but like they never show it this felt like it and it was horrifying and then the fact that you're like like at least on multiple watches you're like oh that's when you hear those people screaming they're in that thing for like who knows how long yeah just like i mean i would you it's the worst scenario you can't even kill yourself yeah and then that woman finds the like plastic horse and you're like, oh, God, or is it a dead horse? People still argue about that. Well, that scene in particular, it reminded me of a movie that like my siblings all liked growing up. And so like I was probably way too young to see it, but it's called Fire in the Sky. And they're, like that whole movie is this guy gets abducted by aliens. You don't see it. And so the whole movie, like he's trying to tell people what happened and they're they're like, I don't, I don't think it happened. I think you went crazy. And then like something happens that like triggers a PTSD and like he faints and then we see the vision of what happened and like him getting dragged through the spaceship and then like aliens doing all their alien stuff. And like 
the visual of it just rem- like immediately reminded me of that. Gross. It's 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 pretty wild. I've heard that. I'm like, I don't know if I can handle that movie, but now it's like my morbid curiosity because this scene was like the most upsetting when I saw it the first time. And now I'm like, it's my favorite. Like I get excited whenever the star lasso experienced the whole thing. It's so great. And I just feel like Steven Yeun's performance in that last moment is just epic. It is so good. Well, and then we also learn that it's Jupe's fault that all of this is happening. Cause he said every Friday for the last six months, mm-hmm. and then we, the dad died six months prior. Yeah. So it was like, you motherfucker, you're the reason for all this. That's the reason why it's acting territorial and it's a, like feeling comfortable. Like, because at the very beginning of the movie, when it's like the dad dies, you don't see it. It's very high up in the clouds. So that's like six months ago. So you can tell that it was like either hadn't met Jupe yet or had just met him. And mm-hmm. so it's like not super comfortable, but throughout the movie, it gets very comfortable with exposing itself. It's also very much like Jaws, where they don't show the shark for a long time. Granted, there's different reasons, obviously. They yeah. had the effects set up, uh, ready to go. But I love that. And I think that like that's the right lesson to still learn from Jaws, even though it wasn't on purpose, is that the less you show of it at the beginning, the more mysterious it is. And then when they show it, yeah, I think it's still horrifying. The funny thing is that I think Jordan Peele learned this lesson before any other shark movie has. Oh, none of the. Sh- <laughs> this is the Jaws sequel that we were promised and never got. I will say that forever about X with like Texas Chainsaw. And yeah. I feel like that this movie is like the spiritual successor to Jaws because people have tried and never been able to recreate the magic of Jaws because it's not just a fucking creature feature. That's the best part. Yeah. And that's why this movie is really different to me. 100%. Even though it's a lot like Jaws, but I think it's a pretty unique fucking film. And so then right after that, I mean, this is still in the section or the same segment, but I call this the horror part of this movie. Like the shining. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the blood rain scene. And so horrifying. The visual, the visual for that, this whole sequence is just incredible. And then like, learning that they shot it during the day and then they you you tell me that like that makes sense as to why everything is so clear and like i don't need to turn the brightness up on my tv it's just like oh this is i see oh wow i see everything it's this is like i'm like more people like i mean if you compare like watch this side by side with like the fucking winterfell battle in game (laughs) of thrones you're like I can't see shit on that one. I mean, granted, I know like there's got to be specific settings for my TV, but like this one is like they should have been doing this shit. If you shoot at night, we really can't see anything. Funny how that we haven't learned this up until this movie that, oh, you can shoot during the day and then you can just edit it to be. Maybe at not, night. I mean, I'm sure that they probably not everybody gets a Jordan Peele budget with <laughs> from Universal Studios. That's true. Yeah, that whole scene was just amazing. And so yeah, they they have that whole thing, and so yeah, uh, OJ sleeps in his car the the whole morning, nope, or all night. That's my favorite part when he's like, or not my favorite part. Obviously, we know that Star Lasso, but I love when he like looks out the door and sees it above him, and he's just like, Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> nope, because I love that because that's what you always want to yell at fucking horror movies. You're like, don't go out there. What are you doing? I want per- somebody to look at danger and go, nope. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna risk it because I'm like that just felt I mean I knew that that was what we were gonna get in this movie just from the title but I loved it well and then we learn uh we learned that 
again, that it's a creature. If you look at it, then it will come for you. But just like any other animal, like you don't look it in the eyes. You don't threaten it. Yeah. Just like a normal predator. It's pretty great. And I love that he like has all this horse knowledge. It, it all comes back. And it, it's almost like this movie could have been called Don't Look Up as well. <laughs> yeah. And this is just a side thing. I thought it was so funny that after after that whole thing, they go back to Angel's apartment. Yeah. It, like They just go full escapist. Like They put VR headsets on and just smoke a bunch of weed. And they're just like... I don't know how to deal with what I just saw. So OJ's sitting there thinking thinking about it, but like Angel's just like fucking smoking Halloween and he's got the VR set. But yeah, he's just like, fuck it. I need to get hella high. I mean, that was traumatic. They're like him and her are like in the house and it's like raining down all the objects. And then like you, they hear the screaming for so long, which I think is the most upsetting part. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck is that? That's when you're like, dude, this is worse than I thought. <laughs> so then we cut to the the final segment, Jean Jacket. I love that name for a fucking creature or just like any in general, an alien name. Jean Jacket is great. Yeah, it was it was great. I did also forget to mention that my favorite music is uh I do love like always there's some really good uh, music drops in Jordan Peele's movies and I love the slowed down sunglasses at night it was super creepy when you slow it down like that it was it was excellent yeah so now you know now they're setting up for the climax like we've learned everything we know all the rules the cinematographer has arrived with his non non-electrical camera and then we get the Let's best go boy did not tell you this motherfucker was going to come up here with a non-electrical camera? Let's go, boy! Yeah! <laughs> Best high five of all time in, all, in cinema history. Like five, and it's like the most energy that you see from Daniel Kaluuya from the entire movie. Even when the alien's like looking him directly in the eyes, like oh. no energy. <laughs> like that is the most that he is in this movie <laughs> it is impossible to not laugh at that scene it's so it's like good Kiki Palmer just brings it she's like let's go boy <laughs> <laughs> so good and the fact that they nail every high five but um that whole sequence is like very much like the three guys on the water in Jaws they're getting ready they've got all their little things they're like even when he's like the reels of the camera is just like fucking quench with like the reels on the like fishing lines with yeah. the, you know, it's just great. Yeah. And the setup, like their plan, it, it, I mean, it's brilliant. Like, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, Oh, we get all the car guys, like, and that's how they track it. And I, I thought that was all just great. And like, well thought out. I'm like, they did not need to think this out as much as they did, but I really appreciate it. It's, it's great. And all the little balloon guys, like those are all practical. So those are all real, even though uh, they were interacting with CGI stuff, because obviously the, yeah. the creature is not real. <laughs> but I thought that that was pretty cool. And then I love the little TMZ reporter. And it's like real, dude. I've heard from like that people have said like TMZ guys, it's like, I don't care what the situation is like. It, you're fired if you don't come back with the shot. They're like it would be like, I'm about to die. Like, give me my camera. I need my camera. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the setup. Like 
he comes up and like the music and everything he's just he's so menacing like he's the final boss and then they're just like oh shit it's tmz guys it's tmz <laughs> yeah it fits in with the spectacle thing man it yeah. all fits it's crazy but yeah you're like tmz what the fuck but i mean i just love it the can't the fucking like it's his helmet that's so like intimidating it kind of seems like but then his voice is like such a dumb idiot yeah. and i think yeah just seeing him like when he's like going against like where jean jackets coming with like the non-electric force fields and then he like gets hit and it's like <laughs> and his like motorcycle like flips pretty great my favorite thing about this final sequence and like how they take down jean jacket is that it again it fits in line with this theme of people not learning the lessons that you know from the experiences that they have the whole point of jean jacket is that you can't look at him and part of the problem is people have to see it to believe it and but then also just lining up like even seeing something doesn't mean you actually learn from the thing that happened so it's just like it's kind of like this paradox of like People have to see it to believe it. But even if they see it, they might not believe it or see it for what it really is. And so then we're just making the same mistake over and over and over again. And I'm just like, what a brilliant like loop that you tie into into a, a Jaws type movie. It is. It's like Jaws, but with a little bit more of a message. I mean, I know that, that movie has some stuff to it, too, because obviously it's like the corrupt government is like the reason that the fucking jaws is having a fucking field day out there but but you know what i mean it's like i totally agree with you the way that the way that he just it just is perfect yeah and then uh you know to go back to what you said early on of watch this on the biggest screen you can when the creature unfolds and you see its final form <laughs> you're just like whoa it's like holy this shit is huge yeah it's like way bigger when it like unfurls it looks like a giant like jellyfish sea creature kind of a thing like you don't know what it's almost beautiful and yeah. it starts like i mean so that's like the little like square thing that comes out of it that's its eye and it looks like a film lens it's wonderful but mm. it like starts flashing bright colors and shit when it's when it's threatening like uh, like other animals do. A lot of predators do that. They'll change colors or like octopuses or like octopi, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, they do that as like a like to be threatening. So I thought that that was super cool. It all fit in, and like people, I don't know, people got upset. I think because they were like, well, it didn't fit in with like the treatment of the animals that they don't that they should kill it at the end. But I'm like, it's the same thing with Jaws, dude. It's got to go. This thing is gonna kill everybody. It was Jupe's fault. We got to put it away. And also. Remember how many fucking people it, it killed horribly? I think this thing has earned it. <laughs> well, and I think that's the big difference between Jean Jacket and all the other creatures that animals that we see up to that point. Like the other animals aren't predators. Yeah, like monkeys aren't predators. They're they they eat plants and stuff, but monkeys can be violent. Like they can attack. Horses are not predators, but horses can hurt people they're dangerous yeah so like that i would say that's a big difference is that jean jacket is a predator and now that it's in this now that it has a territory it's going to protect that territory and it's going to kill everyone and like 
that's why you have to take care of it. Like I'm like, yeah, with, with people, I'm like, would you think they're going to come to an arrangement and go, okay, you can have Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we get every other day. Like yeah. that, that thing is like, this is my home now. Who knows where the fuck it came from, but it's not like you can go, Hey, you got to get out of here. Like yeah. they had to kill it. There was just no other way. And I love that it like parallels with like, it's not just jupe because it's a giant jupe balloon that she lets yeah. go, but it's like the balloon is what starts with the Gordy thing. And that's what scares him, the popping of the balloons. And then Jean Jacket swallows up the balloon and then it explodes, which the explosion is literally exactly just like Jaws when the shark explodes at the end. And the mm. way that M is acting at that very end when she like freaks out and like gets all excited, like, yes! Yes! Nobody fucks with A-Wood, bitch! Nobody! Damn it! <laughs> so good. And it's just like fucking Chief Brody at the end of Jaws when he's like just last shot like trying to fucking do whatever and it works yeah so good i also really liked that they paid off her little monologue at the beginning of the movie and all list her listing off all of her side hustles and one of her things is like motorcycle riding like yep. she was really good at riding a motorcycle and like doing that drag stop i was like it's like did she look just like learn how to do this nope she said early on she she was a professional motorcycle rider. yeah I like that payoff. It's from some like animated movie, Akira. Yeah, that movie's okay. wild. <laughs> so yeah, it's from that. And um, anyways, but I did want to say, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but a lot of people will think or have mentioned about the ending. They were debating like, did OJ and Lucky get eaten? They thought that they got eaten when like he's like looking it in the eye to distract it so that she can use the electric motorcycle and get out of there. And that him they get eaten basically and then when she sees him at the very end and it's like all dusty that it's like his spirit and like he's dead right and i'm like first off they never established like force ghosts in this fucking <laughs> yeah. world that would be a lot to like throw in at the end and second when the thing like eats the balloon it doesn't do so and it's like beautiful form it like grabs the balloon and then turns inside out back to the yeah. ufo shape in order to eat it so that's like number one clue but i just i thought that that was a funny thing because that never even crossed my mind when i first watched it or on any rewatch since did you ever have that thought no i never thought about it and and the reality is that it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter but also it would be a fucking it's stupid it'd be a There's weird no way yeah they wouldn't just do that as a throwaway thing of like oh yeah he's a horse ghost it's like wait what <laughs> yeah and the horses too <laughs> I, I think i think he i think he made it out because all he would have to do the whole thing is he's distracting the the jean jacket all he has to do is just take the hood down and then and then it sees the balloon and like he's good <laughs> so yeah i agree with you the last little thing and this sarah actually pointed this out to me first time we watched it so it ends with her getting the oprah shot but then you see in the background all the reporters show up and they're getting footage of stuff like that. And Sarah was like, I wonder if that is supposed to kind of be symbolic of like the first thing we learn in the movie about the the the, the black man riding the horse. And, and that not getting any credit. This guy did all the stuff. Yep. But then it was someone else who got the credit. And like, I wonder if that's supposed to tie back to that. Because then we, we don't see what happens after but you're left with that question. Yeah. I was like, that totally could have been like what it's supposed to be. Like they did all the work. They were their stunt people, the actors, but then somebody else is going to get the story. 
I mean, I will say they were getting footage of it like falling out of the sky, possibly. And like hers was like pretty much way better. But again, totally could have gone the other way. And that's what I I feel like it just fits with Jordan Peele's movie since he had talked about ending Get Out with like the cop showing up and arresting him mm-hmm. instead of like it being like his homie from the TSA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that would have sucked, but it's like would have been more realistic maybe. And yeah. like, yeah, maybe these fucking like people did get fucking footage. I mean, who knows? But yeah, this movie was so it's so good. I'm so glad that you also love it. I've talked to like a lot of the people I'm close with. They all loved it. But like I've seen like some people that I'm like, oh, my God, you did not like it. I think they just need to watch it again. I think that's the real thing. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, from Get Out. And I didn't see This Is Us, so I need to. I still need to watch. Mean that. Us is This Is Us. Oh, is that's the drama that, that's on NBC. Ter- <laughs> yeah, that's the terrible ABC show. Jesus, not nothing that. to do with fucking Jordan Peele. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. This Is Us is a true horror story. <laughs> People love that show, dude. I don't know. I know. But yeah, us, you haven't seen Us? No, I. It's been on the list, but oh my god, I own it on Prime. Go watch it. Right okay. The fuck okay. Now. Okay. Well, calm down. I think from from Get Out, like. You know, I was expecting this to be a movie a lot, like a lot about racism, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like Get Out had. And this movie has some some racial stuff in it, but it's more so about all the all those other things. And I don't I, I think that kind of surprised me at first. And that's that's my own fault, thinking that, you know, Jordan Peele can you know, only does movies about one thing. Well, you've only seen one movie of his before this, so that makes sense. Versus, like, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't... For some reason, I just found this out, though. A lot of people didn't like Us. I fucking love Us. It really is, like, a little bit more like Nope, where it's harder to kind of figure out exactly what they're trying to say. But it's, like, definitely got, like, a really cool, like, kind of thing like Nope. But it's just a harder-to-read message than Get Out. I think that's why everyone loves Get Out. It's just because you're like, okay, I know exactly what they're doing. But also, it's like still very clever, right? Yeah. Us and this one, they're a little bit harder to figure out. You got to kind of like do a little bit more work. But they're also paced a little slower, not as tense. But personally, I think these two, I think he's just getting better. Yeah, this is a movie that, uh, you know, I feel like every time you watch it, you'll you'll just pick up something a little bit different that you didn't have the last time. That's what makes it a great rewatchable. This is like my number. This is now my favorite movie of all time. And I, for a long time, for I mean, a very long time, at least 10 years, it's been Jaws. So it's high praise. That's high praise. That's high praise. All right, everyone, you've made it to the end. Congratulations. Put in a lot of effort. Proud of you guys. Yeah. Or you're like, thank you. You really like showed me the way not like in a creepy cult way but like now you understand maybe why nope is so awesome hopefully and if you don't i don't care fuck off don't tell me about it (laughs) well so next week we are um watching a movie it's this movie's one year anniversary isn't it i don't know about exactly but just about okay well you know give or take yeah it's at least from last year december it debuted direct on netflix i believe well tell us what it is renee don't look up there's a lot of people in this movie it's literally i can't even name them all but let's just say like jennifer lawrence jonah hill leonardo dicaprio do you need to know any more than that yeah i'm i'm actually very excited because 
I've never seen this movie. And I can't believe that. Yeah, we're letting you pick the movie this time. Thank you. I've been wanting to do it. I don't know what it is, but it's something with like Netflix movies. They like new Netflix movie, and I'm always just like, I'll get to it. There's like no urgency behind it. Yeah, we were. I feel like we were just talking about like the success rate across all those new movies, new shows. It's very low. Like there's just, it's not a high success rate. Most of the time, they're pretty okay. Hopefully. That's like what you can hope for. But like there's rare, really great ones. But I feel like it's hard to like take that first step because of that like mindset you know what i mean yeah netflix has had some real low lows when it comes to the their original movies yeah this one does not hit it i don't think okay good i i, I trust you i mean this year i have i was very happy with like hellraiser and prey watched those right as they came out had some urgency there but yeah it's on netflix don't look up it's got all of the stars in it you you, you probably all been wanting to watch it too you just never got around to but now you have a reason let's watch it all right i think people watched it it's got fucking leo dicaprio anyways i think we're gonna have to defend it like we did with don't worry darling but you know what fuck it these don't movies people just don't like them they don't want to be told what to do if this movie was just called look up maybe people <laughs> would be into it i don't know and worry darling i am worried so sure <laughs> all right well Speaking of don'ts, don't do all the social media things. Please do not, don't follow us anywhere. Do not disturb. Yeah. Leave us alone. You know, you can friend us, but don't follow us. That's just like our, I feel like we're just pretty grinchy over here, which like, I feel like people, you should be able to relate. Okay. Especially this time of year. I'm not feeling very like cheerful. Like we'll have some spirit for you, but it, it's not going to be good, <laughs> but it will be good. We're going to have a good time either way. So that's how we do here on the regular exclusive. But anyways, until next week, regular exclusive out.